Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hey, everybody. In this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we're going to be talking about parenting conflict, and I'm going to give you three tips for how to handle the conflicts that arise in your family around parenting. And then I'm also going to answer a few listener questions at the end. Enjoy. So I'll be sharing my top three tips for bringing more peace and ease into the parenting partnership so that you can start feeling like a team again. And I'm also sharing um, my free Partners in Parenting workbook. I'll put the link in the description um, in a little bit. So um, this is a workbook that I use with my families that I um, with, I with my private clients and I wanted to offer a few tips today um, that can really help get you get the most out of this workbook or this kind of the attempt to get on the same page with your partner when it comes to parenting. So um, I know I want to just say up front that it could be really helpful if your partner was willing to watch this with you or maybe you can send them a link. I know not all partners are as interested in watching things related to parenting and relationships. There's usually one partner in a relationship who is um, more into that than the other one. Um, and so I just want you to know that if your partner can't or won't be um, able to see this, it's okay. You will still be able to create space for change just within yourself and that's a positive thing and you will have positive effects on your family system as a whole. Okay, so the first of the three tips is being really clear on where your power is and where your power is in terms of who and what you can change. And so within relationships, um, we all want um, to be able to, at times, to change your partner. But the reality of it is, is that we are really only able to change ourselves. And so being really clear with that idea that you are the only person that you have the power to change can be really helpful when it comes to differences and conflicts in parenting. So I really want you to own this and shift the focus to yourself and not in a negative way and not in a way where you are taking all the blame for kind of maybe things not going so smoothly, but in a freeing way. Letting go of the responsibility to change your partner and finding comfort and confidence in the areas where you do have control and influence, which is on your own self, right? This is something that can be really empowering and freeing 
um, when you've been feeling as if you have really little control over some of the dynamics or the situation that you're in. When you realize where your control is within yourself, it can be really empowering. And from um, a relational dynamics perspective, when we shift the focus inward and take the focus off of our partner, it also frees them up to change too. So I want you to imagine your family, picture them in your mind, and picture as if you all have ropes tied to each other, okay, around your waist, tied in maybe a circle or whatever shape it is. If you are pulling on your rope, you're, stand, you're firm in your position, there's tension between you and your partner, and the requirement is that they have to be the one to move to relieve that tension. So if you shift and take a step away, it will pull them with you. But if you shift and take a step closer, it will release the tension in the rope, right? So in, our, in this kind of imaginary scenario that we have. And so from a family systems perspective, we're all related to each other. We are all, our reactions affect each other. We're all influenced by each other, whether we really want to be or not. And the emotional environment of the home is also influenced by us. And so turning that focus inward, turning it on ourselves and really taking responsibility for what we're bringing to the table, for the atmosphere we're creating can be really powerful. And when we do ease up, when we create more room and less tension and space in ourselves, it, the rest of the family system can feel that and responds to it. So when our partners, um, when, when our partners no longer feel like they are under the microscope or like they're being micromanaged, they relax and they become more open to influence and to, to change. They're able to shift from, uh, from their defensive stance into a mindset that allows them to see alternatives and possibilities and make steps toward change. So the key here is that you're not able to change your partner. This is the, the tip. I want you to be really clear on that. You're not able to change your partner, but you are able to nurture an environment where your partner is willing and able to be vulnerable and explore the possibility of change. Okay, so that you cannot change your partner, but you can change the emotional environment of the family and you can create space where change is more possible. So is that clear to everyone here. I have, I know we've had a few more people join on. Um, Brie, it's nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. Uh, so I want to get, be sure that we're clear on that one spot that, that we are not responsible for changing our partners, that their parenting and their stuff is their stuff and we can focus on ourselves. But when we release that focus, it releases the tension and it creates more room for change. And so then the next one that I want to talk to you about is accepting differences in parenting style. Uh, we, the common wisdom in mainstream parenting is that we all have to be on the same page when it comes to parenting, uh, that we need to be a united front, uh, that we have to be consistent, right? And we have to set limits with consistency. We hear these things a lot. Um, but I, I wanna offer you a different perspective. I wanna offer you that we don't necessarily have to be on the same page all the time, but we do need to be on the same team, right? So we're working together in concept, but that doesn't mean we have to be exactly the same. So as parents, we all have windows of acceptable behavior. 
Some behaviors, so a window like a square, right? Some behaviors will fall within that window and be okay and we'll be happy to see them. And some behaviors will fall outside of that window and they're not okay. And we don't want to see them. And that's where we set limits and boundaries. But the thing about this window is that the size of the window is changeable. Uh, the size of the window depends on things like our background, what was acceptable in our own home growing up that can either widen or narrow that window. Um, and it can even change day to day. Things like, did I get enough sleep last night? Am I well fed? Did I get a chance to do my yoga? You know, have I, am I taking good care of myself? Um, who is in the room with me? Um, your window might be quite a bit smaller when you're in your mother-in-law's home um, and quite a bit bigger when you're in your own home. Or it might be quite a bit um, bigger at the park, things that you're willing to kind of handle like yelling and screaming at the park versus when you're in a, in a restaurant, right? So the, our, the size of our window of acceptable behavior changes um, daily. And the thing about this is, is that that window is really individual. It's really impossible for two people who are attempting to parent together to have the same exact window all the time. Hopefully sometimes the, the general window lines up, but there will always be differences and there will be differences from day to day too. Um, for example, I have a very small window when it comes to bedtime. Um, in terms of what's be acceptable behavior. I, most of the time when it's time for bedtime, I'm ready for them to get to bed at a certain time because I know it affects their sleep. And so when I'm present doing bedtime, my kids know that we're gonna go to bed on time. Um, but I also know that my husband, is his window is quite a bit bigger when it comes to bedtime. He has a more relaxed, easygoing, um, approach to bedtime. And I think that's really great. And that's, this is a strength of his. Um, this difference between us isn't a bad thing. It's kind of a good thing that we have this difference um, because I can allow him to influence me so I become less stressed out in, in the moment. But also I know that when I'm out, um, maybe with friends or working late, seeing a family um, in the evening, and my husband is in charge of bedtime, I can pretty much count on that the kids are going to get to bed anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes later than they normally would for me. And that's okay. Um, and becoming okay with that and letting go of my ability, like my desire to control that has been really powerful in our relationship um, because it speaks to confidence in my husband and um, speaks to feeling really happy that they have such a great time that they don't want to go to bed, you know, together. And then I can go out and take care of my work or take care of myself and see my friends uh, during a time and I don't need to be worried about it. So it's okay for us. I, this is the second the second tip, I really want us to be okay with this idea that we have different sizes, different sizes of windows at different times. And our kids are really good at adjusting to this. I'm sure you have all noticed that when your child is it with different caregivers, they are behave differently because they know that um, they can get away maybe with a lot more with grandma than they can with mom. Or when they are at school, they behave differently than they do when they're at home. And so kids are really good at reading scenarios and adjusting to us. And we can also be really good at communicating differences. So if you know the expectations are going to be different than normal for your child, if you know that you're going to have to tighten your window a little bit, explaining that up front with your children and preparing them for that change can be really helpful. Uh, and you can bring out the differences between mom and dad too, you know, so... 
if you know that dad is going um, to be a little bit more nervous or, um, you know, sorry, a little bit more nervous around like maybe risky behaviors, like climbing on certain things, uh, you can say, you know, when it's just you and me here together, we can climb in this way. But when dad's here, he gets nervous. And so we're going to support him and not climb this way. And that, and it's okay. It's okay to have those differences. You can just be clear with them with your kids. And then the other, the last one is to brush up on your positive communication skills. Um, so this is something that I go over um, in great detail in a couple of other videos that I can put links in here um, in my soft startup video and in my asking for and getting what you need video. So those are two previous lunch breaks that I've done and those are really helpful in um, learning those skills or at least brushing up on those skills. But the skills, um, there's kind of four main skills that are good to have in these moments when you're discussing parenting topics. The first one is self-regulation. So if you can stop yourself in the moment from interjecting or micromanaging or attempting to change the parenting that's happening in the moment, um, of course this is outside of if there's a possibility of somebody getting hurt or some kind of abuse happening, um, you know, but in a general, you know, regular kind of parenting interaction that's maybe just not going exactly the way you would hope it would be, self-regulate. Stop yourself from interjecting. Stop yourself from undermining. Because when we do that, we start off on the wrong foot and we get our partner defensive and they're less likely to be open to our influence, okay? So regulate yourself. Take some time to get to calm yourself down and to get clear on what is actually important to you about this interaction and figure out a way to start the conversation in a soft way. And so that's the second piece. Um, soft startup is a really, really important skill when bringing up this, um, these topics where defensiveness is a possibility. So starting from a soft, vulnerable place. Um, and then uh, another skill that is really helpful is the um, therapists call it couching, where you couch a suggestion within two compliments. So, you know, I really love the way you were interacting with Ellie. She seemed to really, you know, benefit from those kind words you were using. I did notice at the end that you were using an if-then statement, and I'm wondering if that felt a little threatening to her. Uh, but, you know, really, I really admired the way that you handled that situation. You see how we started positive, gave the kind of the, the suggestion or the place to look, and... Um, then ended positive again. So that's that's what couching is. And then active listening, where you are open to validating and hearing and fully understanding their perspective. And that really is a requirement before anybody's being, going to be willing to move or feel um, like they can, are safe enough uh, to not be defensive. So those are the three big major tips. The first one is really owning that you're the person that you have control over and that you can't change your partner. The second one is coming to a place of acceptance that parenting differences are a part of life and they're going to be there and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, these things can actually be positive. And then brushing up on your communication skills. And so these three things are kind of the 
the big mindset um, shifts that need to happen, well, the first two are mindset shifts that need to happen, and then the third one is skills that you need, you need. And so in this workbook that I have that you can download for free, it gives you the questions um, to talk about as you think about, like, what are your goals for your children? What are your strengths as a family, as parents? Um, but you need these mindset shifts and these skills in order to have a really good conversation around these things. So that's why I wanted to make sure that you, we talked about some of these mindset shifts at, um, before you can started working through that um, workbook and making, you know, making sure that your communication skills are doing really well and that you have the, the right frame of mind can make this conversation around this workbook really, really lovely and affirming and connecting rather than disconnecting or conflictual or um, raising some anxiety or some defensiveness. It, I, coming from a soft, vulnerable place where you're owning your own role, where you're, where you're accepting your partner, um, where you're looking for the positives in your family, all of those things can be really helpful in making this an affirming process. So I just wanted to offer those because I know some of you have been downloading that and I, um, I want you to get the most out of it. So, okay, let me read this other question. So this question is from Renee. So she says that my struggle is that I have a husband who works away two out of three weeks. So when he comes home, he doesn't want to do any of the hard stuff with the kids like discipline or sticking to a routine because he has such a short window of time with them. But on the opposite of side of that, he often has his head in an iPad or in his phone when our children really want his attention. Where do I even start? Okay, so I think that we can probably all relate to feelings of this, even if we don't have the added stress of having a, a two weeks off, one week on um, co-parenting support. Uh, that sounds like it's a really difficult situation. And this mom also happens to have twins, um, twin three-year-olds, well, almost three-year-olds. So that's a lot to handle. I think that the big thing here for you, Renee, is to work through those mindset cha um, changes around, you know, what you have control over um, and accepting that there are differences, but then really softening around this idea that, um, that he, their kids need him. They need him to be connected. They need him to find a way to put the iPad away um, and soften around to that idea and bring up this conversation in a curious way. So it's really easy to start a conversation with saying, look, your kids are screaming for your attention. Put the iPad away. It'd be really easy to do that, but that's a harsh startup. So a soft startup to um, get this conversation going might be something like, you know, I've noticed when you come home that it's hard to break, to break away from your phone and your iPad. Can we talk about that a little bit? Um, even that though might bring up a little bit of defensiveness. Um, so you can also start from a place of notice, noticing. So, you know, I've noticed that, um, when you're home, the, the kids are really wanting your attention. What do you think about that? What do you think we should do? And coming from this curious place and, and focusing it on the we, that this is a team thing that we, um, we want to do. And you can also even come from a different direction. So there's lots of options and you know your partner best. Um, but you can come from a place of, you know, I've noticed that you maybe don't get enough downtime when you come home and that you've been working so hard for two weeks and then this one week it's supposed to be a rest, but that our ki the kids all want you and stuff. So can we figure out a way to make sure you get the downtime you need, but then also 
that the, our family gets the time with you that we need. Can we figure out a way to make that work so everybody's needs getting met? You know, that last one might be a really nice way where he feels validated uh, that his need for downtime is going to be met, that you're not trying to take that away from him. Let's see, Leah says, my husband's pace is so much slower than mine. Everything takes longer. Food prep bath time when he's in charge. I have a hard time letting him move at his own pace with the kids, even though I know it's better for them to have at least one relaxed parents. Ideas for changing my mindset are welcome. Oh my gosh, Leah, <laughs> I feel like we have the same brain when it comes to this because I, I have that exact same same issue where I'm like, come on, let's get going. Or it would be so much easier for me to just say, I'm just going to do it myself. Okay. And this is where self-regulation comes in and self-talk comes in where you say, Nope, he's got it. It's okay. If it takes a few minutes longer, I'm just going to go over here and not watch. And I'm going to step out of the way um, because the type of thing that you're talking about is called gatekeeping in the research literature and um, moms are often more guilty of it than dads and it can feel really undermining to dads, really alienating and micromanaging to them. And it, what research shows is that when we, when moms do it more, because this is a really gendered thing, um, behavior, um, the, when moms tend to do it more, then dads feel less and less confident and they're less and less likely to do the thing that they've been micromanaged out of or told that they're not doing it fast enough. So this takes a lot of self-regulation on our part to calm ourselves down and say, it's okay. It will take time. You know, it, it's okay if he goes at his own pace. It's okay if he does it his own way. Um... You know, so when my husband makes mac and cheese, he uses like four different like pans and dishes. So there's more dishes to do. And I, I think like you can just do it all in one pan. Like you don't have to do it in like four different things and wash all of this. But he's making dinner <laughs> or lunch. And I really have to focus in on that positive of he's doing this and he's liking doing it. And he has the two-year-old and the five-year-old involved in doing it. And I'm able to just... I could just go read and not watch it happen. And so that's usually what I do. I often have to self-regulate by removing myself from this situation so that I don't see it happening. And then it's much easier for me to regulate. Um, is that helpful, Leah? I hope that it is. But yes, it's so hard. And the, that's where the self-regulation piece comes in. You know, I, I heard this quote once um, that the best teachers have teeth marks on their tongue from biting it so much. Um, and so holding back and stopping yourself is one of the greatest skills we can have as parents and as partners. Um, when we kind of have to learn, let them learn and figure it out on their own. Let's see. Leah says, great observations. I suppose that same thing goes for letting kids. Oh, yes. Yes, Leah. Yeah, exactly. That's something that, um, like if they're struggling with something or even if they're not struggling, they're just doing it differently or slower, like getting their shoes on, but they're not complaining and they're not asking really regulating yourself and stepping back and letting, trusting them to do it in their own time and that, that they are competent and confident, you know, that they can do it can really, really help. Even though we feel all this pressure and the stress to get things done in a certain time. And I, I think Leah, I don't know about your, um, anxiety levels, but I know that me moving quickly is one way that I uh, manage my anxiety and so being a little self-aware of that too if that's happening for you um, that this is my anxiety 
I'm the one who's anxious about whether we're going to like get to the store on time where we really don't have an appointment or anything. So I need to manage that and not put that on my kids to manage it for me by making them move faster or put it on my husband to manage it for me to, by making him move faster. Do you know what I mean? So kind of owning that. Let's see. Um, sometimes my dad does, um, does it, teaches a different lesson too. Um, when the kids might not learn from moms the way that, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's good for kids to have differences. It's, it's good for them to learn, to, to learn how to interact and be and respond to different types of personalities. Having different caregivers is a really great thing for kids because they get practice interacting with all sorts of different types of people in different situations. So I think that we can look at differences between parents as a gift rather than some point of conflict. Um, this is something that's lovely that our, we're giving our kids an opportunity to learn how to adjust and adapt. And those are great things. Learning to be flexible is such a wonderful skill. Okay, so if you are looking for some help in figuring out how to have these conversations with your partner, how to get aligned and get clear on your parenting goals and values so that you can manage the differences that you have um, with your partner in a proactive, connected, and compassionate way, I would love to have you join me in my balanced parenting group. And also I'd love to have you download my partners and parenting workbook. I designed it for parents just like you who want to feel more aligned and connected in their parenting. It will not make it, um, make you so that you guys are cookie cutters of each other. Um, it allows that for the differences that are a natural part of parenting with someone who has a different history and a different background. And it helps you feel like you are a team in the midst of having differences. Uh, that's what I want for you. So I hope you will go ahead and download that workbook. The link to it is in the show notes. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.